going to share something with you in the next few minutes that I personally know from experience and I believe for you it will be life-changing. Our lives have already been touched and changed up to this point, but I believe the Lord's got one more thing for us before we go. And this is something you can implement in your daily life and begin to live in a whole new world. A whole new world. A new fantastic point of view. How many think, anybody got room in your life for a whole new world? I mean, better health, better finances, better marriage, better children, more peace, more joy, more victory. Anybody got room in your life? Because if not, I can teach something else today. Okay, so you're going to put a graphic on the screen. As we were seeking the Lord last week on uh, the pack, that, do you have the take it all graphic that we gave you? Last week was Pack the House Sunday, and we packed the house. And this week is Pack the House Sunday. And next week's going to be Pack the Now, actually, we're going to have some formal ones, but really, you can invite people to church anytime. We believe God will meet their needs. But this is all based on a scripture in Psalm 103, and I'll quote it to you. You don't have to put it on the screen. David said in Psalm 103, verses 1 through 3, 4, 5, and 6, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Talking to himself. Sometimes you'll have to do the same thing and say, Hey, Praise the Lord, whether you feel like it or not. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then David said, forget not all his benefits. Uh, Can you all say benefits? uh? That's plural. And then he begins to list the benefits of making Jesus the Lord of your life. Number one, he forgives all your iniquities. Anybody believe that scripture? He forgives every one of your sins. Number two benefit, he heals all your diseases. Now, why would most of the church scream and, and, and praise God and lift their hands at the first part of that verse? He forgives all my sins. But why do we lose so many people? He heals all my diseases. Do you realize we need to believe that part of that verse as much as we believe the first part of that verse? And if we believe the second part, like we believe the first part, we'll see a lot more of the second part in our lives. Say this, he heals all my diseases. It doesn't work just because it's in the Bible. It doesn't work just because God wants it for you. It works because you latch onto it with an attitude of faith. Everybody say attitude. Turn to your neighbor and say, get an attitude about it. Get an attitude about it. I'm telling you, church, everybody in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, that got a miracle or a healing or a victory from God were different. They were not acting normal. They didn't care what people thought. They had an attitude of faith. They latched on to a promise like a bulldog, and they didn't get low when it, they didn't let go when it looked like and felt like and seemed like it wasn't working. They stood their ground. Hours went by, sometimes days went by, sometimes years went by, and they held on with an attitude, and people thought they were crazy. And they got a miracle. So if, you, if you're concerned of what people think about you, you're not going to get very far in receiving from the Lord. Blind Bartimaeus did not care what the people around him thought about him. He was on the way, on the way, on the, a beggar begging on the wayside, and he hears Jesus is coming by, and he rises up and says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And all the religious people around him said, shut up, blind man, shut up. The master's passing by, shut up. And Bartimaeus, we'll call him Bart, Bart didn't care what the people said. He cried the more a great deal, 
And he didn't stop. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He looked freaky. Three verses later, he's not blind anymore. So here, church, you got to get to the point where you just don't care what other people think about you. If you're going to do this thing called Christianity right, and if you're going to live by faith the way you're supposed to, people are going to think you're strange. Heaven's not going to think you're strange. Heaven's going to think you're spot on. But people around you are going to think you're strange for going to church as much as you go to church and praying as much as you pray and reading your Bible and quoting scriptures and being happy. But you know what? They can call you crazy. Now, now let, think about this. I'd rather have a little persecution and total victory in my life than just be acceptable by everybody that's around me. How about you? Well, if you're going to take it all, you're going to have to believe what you're reading in this book and get an attitude about it. Hmm? Now, I want, I want Lucas to put up in succession some of those JPEG scriptures. I want to show you some scriptures in different translations that have the word attitude in them because what I want to say to you today is get an attitude about it. Atti- your attitude changes everything. Everybody's waiting for God to make all these changes. God's waiting for us to get an attitude of faith so he can start doing these things he's been wanting to do for a long time. The whole title here, Take It All, is simply based on this. God gave Israel the promised land, but they had to possess it. God could not possess the promised land for them, and God can't take healing in your life for you. He can't take your miracle for you. He can't receive for you. You're going to have to get an attitude of faith about it, right in the midst of the problems, right in the midst of the pain, and say, I believe the Bible. By His stripes I was healed. You got that? You have to have... Actions of faith are amazing, but don't forget about the spirit of faith, the attitude of faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13, New Testament says, We, having the same spirit of faith that David had, that Joshua had, that Moses had, Ruth, Esther, Naomi, all these Old Testament characters and New Testament who got miracles and did powerful things for the Lord. We having the same attitude of faith as it is written. I believe, therefore I speak. We also believe, and therefore we speak. Your, your, Your confession needs to come out of the area of faith, not just out of your head. It needs to come out of that attitude area. Like David, he didn't just go at Goliath with teachings on faith and notes that he took in church on faith. He went toward Goliath with an attitude of faith. He's a teenage boy. This guy's three times bigger than him, a warrior from his youth. And David here is only 16 or 17 himself. And he runs toward this giant and he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine defying the armies of the living God? He says to the giant, I'm going to take your head off you in just a few moments and I'm going to feed your carcass to the fowls of the air and all Israel is going to defeat you guys and you're going to be out of here. And the giant laughed and mocked and cursed and swore. And David said, you can come at me with a spear and with a shield and an armor bearer. I come at you in the name of the Lord God of hosts. He took a stone out of his bag, took it in a sling, threw it at the giant, hit the giant right there. The, 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 the little crack in the armor right there like a bullet. And he fell over. And David got his sword and Israel got a great victory that day. 
But he went toward the problem, not just with teachings on faith. He let those teachings get in his blood. Paul said, we have the same spirit of faith. You need to have an attitude about it when the disease comes against you or your little ones. Say, no, we are children of God. Jesus paid too great a price for these things to remain. And you need to have an attitude and rebuke some things because Jesus, your example, did. A lot of people are praying for God to take away what the Lord told you to resist and make leave. Now, we believe in prayer in this church, but there's times you have to address the problem. Jesus said you did. So how the God would ever talk to something? I'm not going to talk to things. You talk to things all the time. You just talk to them in the negative. Your toaster's not working. You slap and say, you stupid thing. You're talking to your toaster. Why don't you say good things? Why don't you speak good things? And instead of enforcing the bad, why don't you change it by speaking God's word? Uh, just toaster's hypothetical, okay? Whatever. <coughs> so now, let's just run through a few of these scriptures that show us the word attitude in the B-I-B-L-E. Anybody like the B-I-B-L-E? Yeah. All right, so Lucas, go ahead and go to the first one. Proverbs 14.30. I think I gave these to you. Now, Proverbs 14.30, TLB, the Today's Living Bible says, A relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. Jealousy rots it away. Everybody say, A relaxed attitude. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, Relax. <laughs> Relax, man. Well, what are we talking about? Well, we which have believed do enter into rest. Faith is connected with peace. You can always tell. Now, you may feel upset. Just do your best to talk and act peaceful. So you see, right? Does a relaxed attitude help your life? I wonder what an anxious attitude would do to your life. You probably do things you don't want. Next verse, look at um, uh, Zechariah 7 7. Israel had messed up, they got into some things they shouldn't have got into. And, and Zechariah said, Long years ago, when Jerusalem was prosperous and her southern. Southern suburbs out along the plain were filled with people. The prophets warned them that this attitude would surely lead to ruin as it has. Their attitude got off and their circumstances got off. I wonder what happens if your attitude gets on. What, what, see, I think the interesting issue here, here's a question you need to ask yourself. Is your attitude following your circumstances or are your circumstances following your attitude? Think about that. When we're talking about an attitude, the definition of attitude is a disposition on the inside, something you're set in, something that you slingshot to every time trouble happens, good or bad. Actually, the old... uh, If you go back to the 1700s, the word attitude means um, you're antagonistic or you are, um, what was the word? Um, Uncontrolled by something. And I thought, you know what? We need to be antagonistic against and uncontrolled by doubt and fear. You do not move me anymore. I'm moved by what the Lord said. Paul said, none of these things move me. And he had a lot of things coming against him. And we need to make, I think it's more important what's going on in your attitude than what you get in a bad doctor's report. 
Because a good attitude of faith can change natural things. So go to another scripture. Go to the one in Numbers, Lucas. This is Numbers chapter 14. The children of Israel wandering through the wilderness year after year, rebelling against God, not believing what he said. And it's just a mess. And so God said in Numbers, because my servant Caleb has a different attitude and has remained loyal to me, I'll bring him into the promised land, which he explored, and his descendants will possess the land. What was this all based on? Okay, so let me ask you this. Why did most of the children of Israel not enter into the promised land? Because they didn't have this attitude. They had a murmuring attitude. They had a complaining attitude. It's interesting to think that a wrong attitude could actually open the door eventually to destruction. But a good attitude, and and listen church, a good attitude in this world is rare. I was, I tried to maintain a, I believe I got an attitude for 24 hours. I, I've been struggling with that. It's amazing how, I'm not just talking about a, an even attitude, you know. I'm talking about actually believing that something changed when you prayed. And maintaining that attitude like, you know what, God heard me. It's happening. Glory to God. It's happening. The angels are working. The power's manifesting. I want to encourage you. Do your best to maintain a, I believe God, it shall be even if it was told me attitude for one week. Mm-hmm. No matter what happens. Mm-hmm. This, is what, this is where fighting the good fight of faith comes in. Now remember, I'm just going to, we shared this last week, but Hannah, Samuel's mommy, right? Hannah could not get pregnant. She's, she's barren year after year. Her adversary's making fun of her all just throughout the months and years. She can't have children. She's crying. She's, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. And she's just weeping and crying and praying and saying, God help. And she's praying and crying. Getting zippo. First yeah. Samuel chapter 2. One day she's in church doing her thing. Oh God, I'm barren and my adversary is provoking me sore. And I just don't have any children. Everybody else has children. Oh God, I want children. And Eli said, woman, what's wrong with you? The priest says, woman, what's wrong with you? She goes, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I can't have children. <laughs> and he said, man, you sound like a, a child of Belial. You just, you, she said, I'm not a child of Belial. I don't drink no wine. I don't get drunk. And he said, woman, here's what you need to do. The preacher said, Hannah, here's what you need to do. You need to believe God heard your prayer. All right? Quit waiting and start believing. Quit waiting for something to change and start believing God heard you. See, waiting Four is not believing you have. And so Eli said, woman, you need to just believe God heard your prayer. Be at peace. Go home and eat a meal. Now, she's been trying for years to get pregnant with her husband. She's been trying for years to have a child. Well, she decides, you know what? I'm going to do what the preacher said. I'm going to be at peace. See, being at peace is a choice. You don't have to wait for circumstances to get better to be at peace. You're stronger than that. I said, you're stronger than that. You can choose to be at peace. You're a child of God. And so she, the Bible says, Hannah left that place of prayer in peace, believing God heard her prayer. And I'm quoting you exactly. It said, her countenance was no longer sad. Two verses later, 
she was no longer barren. She conceived, she had a child, that child's name was Samuel. He became one of the greatest prophets Israel ever had. Why? Because her attitude changed. Do you realize God wants to do a lot more for us than we're letting him do? He cannot override our attitude. He will not make people get saved. We have to believe. And don't ever say, I just can't believe that. That's not even truthful. That's a very off statement. I can't believe that. You're choosing not to believe that. Believing is a choice. So now, now go to the next scripture. And I'm going to run through these real quick. So we won't be here much longer. But Proverbs 16, I believe it is. 18. Is that right? Or was I, is that wrong? Okay. 1 Peter 4.1. New International Version. Therefore, New Testament, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourself likewise with the same attitude. Because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. In other words, whoever suffers saying no to this fleshly temptation. I mean, sometimes it hurts to say no. Hmm? This isn't talking about suffering sickness and disease. It's talking about suffering in the area of saying no to temptation. It's going to hurt in the flesh to live right like you're supposed to. And this scripture says we need to have the same attitude as Jesus. How many want the same attitude as Jesus? He freaked the people of his day out. You know, you might freak a few people out. Your positive attitude, your boldness, and your confession of faith in God the Father. Um, Let me make this statement here. We need to be more concerned about the state of our attitude when a bad report comes than the bad report. I said, we need to be more concerned about the state of our attitude when a bad report comes than the bad report itself. People don't realize it, but they're operating in spiritual law a lot more than they think. Do you know getting a bad doctor's report and then getting totally afraid that it's going to get worse is you adding spiritual power to that thing to become worse in your life? How about, when a, how about if a bad report comes, we don't go that direction anymore? We say, you know what? I see the report. I hear what the doctor said. And I heard the tone of great concern in his voice. But... Everybody say, but. But. Jesus Christ took my infirmities, bare my sicknesses, and carried my pains. Are you going to sound a little strange? Uh Uh-huh. I know. I've said it to doctors. I've said it to a doctor before, and he thought I was a little crazy. But we're healed and healthy today. And the thing that he said, actually the thing that he said... I don't know, Rachel, you remember that. We were talking with a doctor, and the guy said, no, you know, you you, you just... It was something concerning Rachel, and she's off that medication now. Doesn't need it anymore. Test results came back great. But you got to watch out about professionals trying to sway you from what you believe the Bible says. Thank God for professionals. We love doctors. They're in the same business we are, right? Trying to get people set free and healed and delivered. But if somebody, as professional as they are, goes against something you know your Lord said or did for you, that's where you get an attitude. Not toward the people, toward the problem. Are you following, church? So look at 1 Peter. Oh, I'm sorry, we just did. All right, I'll slow down. First, did I say Romans 15? Is that it? Next one? Look at this one. 
May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. So if you need help with your attitude, will you just pray this with me right now? Heavenly Father, help me to have the same attitude of mind that Christ Jesus has. All right, now that you prayed that, what's your attitude like? It's happening. My attitude's getting better. I'm not all on, all, all on my own here. I'll do what I can. He'll do what I can't. My attitude's getting better. And the attitude David had that won over the battles in his life, I have. I went over the battles in my life. Now see, church, this is how you receive from the Lord. You receive what he's provided by faith. You don't receive just because you have a need. You don't receive just because you prayed a prayer. I can show you scripture after scripture after scripture. People prayed and got nothing until they started praising God and got an attitude about it. Do you know when Paul and Silas were in jail for preaching the gospel, feet fast in stocks, right? Remember that? Remember they're all in jail, right? About ready to die in the innermost prison, the sewer part. Remember that? It said they prayed and nothing happened. But then they went from praying to singing praises like God heard them, like the answer was coming. And while they were praising, while they had an attitude about it, a great earthquake happened. God shook the prison. Their doors flew open. Their chains fell off and they walked out free. Say this, get an attitude about it. You need to get an attitude about it. The Lord told me this. Many people in our church are one adjustment of an attitude away From a whole new world. (laughs) Just say one attitude of adjustment. You're one attitude of adjustment. And if you maintain that new attitude, you'll see quick results. Now, quick, what does quick mean? I don't know. Just believe God and don't care about how long it takes and it won't take as long. So, quickly, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 God gave us mighty weapons to deal with this attitude part of our life. He said we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and we can break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. God's given us mighty weapons to get our attitudes in line. But weapons not used means Zippo. Right. You know what the weapons are? God's word and your mouth are two big ones. You speaking scriptures over your life. I remember when I was battling fear when after I first got saved because I was in darkness and the devil got a hold of me and I had to resist the devil and learn how to, you know, get, I had to get filled with the spirit. One of the things the Lord told me, he says, son, you need to claim boldly every day and lay your hands on your head when you do it. Scripture, 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. I have a sound mind. I'd walk the floor and just pray minute after minute, sometimes hours. Just I, I believe, and when I say hours, I mean not just that, but I would say, Lord, thank you. You have not given me the spirit of fear. Then I found another scripture. It said, we have the mind of Christ. So I said, I have the mind of Christ. That's where my warfare was. In the mind. Thoughts were coming. Crazy stuff. I had, to let, I had to renew my mind. I did a lot of drugs. Did a lot of damage to some parts of my mind. The Lord totally restored me. But I had, to, I had to do so. I had a part to play. I had to get an attitude about it. I remember one time the Lord says, Son, I told you not to be afraid. I said, Well, Lord, I'm trying. I didn't say try not to be afraid. 
I said, I said, I am telling you as a commandment, stop it. You think, well, somebody afraid, you just got to hug them and, and caress them and love them and everything's going to be okay. Sometimes you got to say, hey, soldier, this is a battlefield. Stop it. Get to work. Do what you're supposed to. Face those fears. Sometimes you just got to do the thing that you're afraid of to prove who's boss. You are the thing. I mean, really, like John Wayne said, courage is feeling scared to death, but saddling up anyway. It's more important how you talk and what you do than what you feel. And the Lord's trying to teach us to grow up as sons and daughters of God in this crooked and perverse nation and shine forth as lights and show some victory to these people that are looking for answers in all the wrong places. Let's just finish with that one scripture, 2 Corinthians 4. And I want you to read verse 8 and 9, Lucas, out of that today's Passion Translation. Then we'll go to verse 13 out of the King James. Now, as they're turning there, would you all listen to this, please? Can I have a drum roll, Brian, please? Oh, sorry, man, you're over here. Let me, last week, if you remember, I told you about Manasseh. Remember Manasseh? Remember he uh, was a really bad dude, the king? If you read the Chronicles of the Kings in the Bible, he was really bad. He, uh, he, he sought witchcraft, enchantments. He was dealing with familiar spirit. He made Israel to sin worse than the heathen. This is Second Chronicles 33. It said Manasseh caused his children to pass through the fire. I mean, just a mean guy. Well, you live like that, you're going to end up in affliction. The enemy's going to be able to take pop shots at you. So he's captured by the enemy, totally brought into affliction. And the Bible says in his affliction, he humbled himself greatly and the Lord restored him. But look up here, it said his prayer, Manasseh's prayer, and the way God answered. And a frank account of his sins and errors, including a list and locations where he built idols on the hills and set up shameful and graven images. This, of course, was before the great change in his attitude and recorded in the annals of the prophets. So it talks about all these crazy, terrible things he did and all this affliction that came his way. But that was before his great change. Because after his attitude, God delivered him out of affliction, brought him back home, brought him back into his... He did some terrible things. How many know even if you've done super awful, terrible things in life, you can tweak your attitude, say, God, you're right. I was wrong. I'm done rejecting your counsel. I'm sorry. And that tweak of attitude can save you from dying of sins that you deserve to die of. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. So finally, brethren, 2 Corinthians... Chapter 4 in verse 8 and 9 out of the today's uh, Passion Translation. I want to show you the spirit of faith in action in Paul's life. Paul said, though we experience every kind of pressure, <laughs> we're not crushed. That's the spirit of faith. What? Right in the midst of the pressure, you got pressure. Yeah, but I'm not getting crushed. Uh, 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 uh. It may be tough right now, but God didn't lie to me. Get an attitude about it. All day long, just have an attitude of faith that, you know what, everything's going to be all right. Yeah, but you're not perfect. Well, he forgives all my iniquities and heals all my diseases. I can't use that as an excuse for having a bad attitude. 
Well, you've done terrible things. Yeah, and the Lord's blood is bigger and greater, and He has forgiven me. Hmm? Because that's the first thing the devil will throw your way to get your attitude messed up again. You don't deserve this. You just yelled at your spouse two hours ago. And you may have, and you need to apologize. You need to repent. But after you've done that, you need to go, you know what? I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm not going to be guilty or condemned about something Jesus took for me. He took our condemnation. He took our judgment. Got to get an attitude about it. I know when I got an attitude about this hypoglycemia thing that came against my life many years ago, I was praying and praying and praying and reading and praying, getting a little bit of relief here and there. But it was until I put my foot down one day and said, I'm going to eat that banana. And I'm not going to shake because of the sugar that's in it. I had to get an attitude about it. Today, I'm kind of the dessert guy at home now. Give me the cookies. Give me the brownies. I'm not stupid. I, you know, I, I realize you still have to be cautious, but I got delivered from that. And the deliverance came when I got an attitude about, Jesus, you paid too great a price for me to go through life in bondage like this year after year anymore. I got fed up with it. Sometimes, you know, you're going to live at the level you're willing to put up with. Because you're a child of God. You don't have to put up with some stuff. It's sad to see children of God just lay down when all these problems come, when they could rise up and say, I rebuke this thing, this darkness, this fear, this disease. Now I get a little excited about these things because it's so good to be free. So Paul said we experience every kind of pressure, but we're not crushed. That's the spirit of faith. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. Do you hear the attitude of faith in there? Oh, we don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> but we're not quitting. Quitting is not an option. Well, what are you going to do? I mean, I know right now, but I'm not quitting. I know that. How are you going to get out of this? I don't know right now, but I'm not quitting. And God didn't lie. He always causes me to triumph in Christ. Attitude. Attitude of faith. Next verse. Paul said, we're persecuted by others. <laughs> Nobody loves me. <laughs> Grow up, soldier. Get an attitude of faith about it. Hmm? God hasn't forsaken us. And he's the coolest person in the universe. They don't want me in their crowd anymore. They don't want me. They'll never invite me out. But Jesus didn't dis discard you. He didn't leave you. See, God's just not real enough to some people. They, people are still more real to them than God. He said, we may, we may be knocked down. What's the spirit of faith say? But we're not knocked out. Oh, then he goes to verse 13 in the King James and says, we having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. So church, just remember this. When you see scriptures in the Bible that, that are the answer to your problem, or you've prayed a prayer, you need to get an attitude about it. God heard me. I don't need to pray this prayer again for this thing. I already did it. He's not hard of hearing. He heard me the first time. Amen. And then declare, God, I know what I asked for is your will because I found it in the scriptures. Healing, deliverance, victory, prosperity, increased strength. I know it's your will. And then you need to get an attitude about it. The Lord told it to me like this one time. He said, whatever you desire, son, when you pray, have an attitude like you got it and you'll get it. 
And you know, if you have an attitude, you're going to talk like you got it. So that kind of includes the confession. The attitude like includes. We've all heard that faith without action is dead, but friend, action without an attitude of faith doesn't do much for you either. You just need to look on the inside and say, you know what? God didn't lie to me. Three extra bills come in. What should you do? You probably should just laugh and show the devil that his days of chewing on you are over. Right? Y'all know laughing is an attitude of choice, right? And the Lord tells us to laugh when we don't feel like it. Celebrate when it looks like we're going down. Praise God when it looks like it's all over. Why? Because we believe God and it ain't over yet. Right. Say this. It yes. ain't, ain't over, over yet. Yes. Job said, you shall laugh at famine and you shall laugh at destruction. See, that's abnormal to the world. Why would you laugh at destruction? We've heard of people laughing at cancer and being totally healed of it. Because, see, if you, if you can't laugh at it, it shows you have faith in it. And you don't want faith in something that Jesus set you free from. You want faith in him and what he's done for you. Let's all stand up before I preach part two. <laughs> Maybe I already got into it a little bit. <laughs> it's interesting. The Bible says a merry heart makes a healthy body. Proverbs 17, 22. King James says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. But the Bible says, I think it's the living Bible, a happy heart makes a healthy body. When should you be happy? Well, pastor, when the prayer's answered and when my body feels better. Backwards! The Bible says a merry heart right now will lead you to a healthy body. Joel 1.12, you know what Joel 1.12 says? It says all the people's businesses were drying up. Pomegranate trees, vines, and figs. That was their business back then. Joel 1.12 says all their businesses were drying up, quote, because joy is withered from the sons of men. Tells us why their businesses were drying up. I want to encourage you guys, get an attitude of faith about your life. Even in the midst of the darkest, darkest, darkest time of your life, just declare, you know what? It looks like I'm not going to make it. It feels like I'm not going to make it. It seems like I'm not going to make it. Doctors say I'm not going to make it. Counselors say I'm not going to make it. Spouse says I'm not going to make it. But God, that's not you saying I'm not going to make it. I believe what you told me, and it's going to be even as it was told me. You didn't lie to me. My prayers are working. Satan is bound. The angels are working. God meets all of my needs. And just stir yourself up and say, I can encourage myself in the Lord. You don't have to put up with some things. The Lord made us people of authority. But authority not used is just like not having any. 